everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today we've got two segments for you. Uh, first up, myself and Zach talk about Project X Zone. And after that, Neil and Justin talk about Shin Megami Tensei 4, which they both have copies of. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, right now I'm joined by Zach Miller. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. And uh, we're going to be talking about Project X Zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, recent uh, Monolith-soft-developed uh, crossover game featuring characters from Capcom, Namco, Bandai, and Sega franchises. Yeah. Um, which is just absolutely crazy. First in this series to come to the States, I believe. Yeah, there was, um, like, Namco uh cross bandai i guess is or well, no i'm sorry namco cross capcom or capcom cross namco one one way or the other right um and for the ps2 and i think that just was just in japan if i'm not mistaken yeah um and then so yeah this is the uh the first to come and it's just absolutely balls out crazy yeah um and i feel like you can tell playing it that they kind of maybe never thought it would come to America, or if it was coming to America, yeah. they really weren't concerned about it, because, yeah. like, half the characters are from games that only came out in Japan. Yeah. Um, or at least are just very obscure over here. Or they have but incredibly Japanese names. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. <laughs> and that's one thing, too, I, I love that, like, probably, like, 80% of the dialogue is um, voice active, but it's all the it's Japanese, all Japanese voice actors, so <laughs> <laughs> it might as well not be voice active because yeah. Yeah, it's not going to mean anything. To you. And but, even, you know, even during fights, they're all screaming Japanese things. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's cool, though, that, like, they put that production value in, at least on the Japanese side of things. Um, and it must yeah, have been obviously. a bear to localize over here. Yeah, I would think so. There's so I mean, much it's, dialogue. It's, uh, yeah, a ton of text. I mean, between battles, there's just, like, endless conversations. With a plot that makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so a little bit, I guess, about what's going on in the game. Um, so Project X Zone is a tactical, uh, RPG. Not, not entirely unlike Fire Emblem, but with, with, a, with a few little changes. Um, where you have this portal stone's been, been stolen from this family, uh, these two characters that are created for the game. They're not from anything else. And, um, all of a sudden now portals are opening up, like, between dimensions, and we have characters from all these different franchises, um, kind of spilling into, into the same world, um, and then teleporting between different worlds. So you'll go, like, between worlds from, from different games, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and there's over, like, 60 playable characters, and I mean, seriously, just from everything, like, I, I don't know, Zach, I don't know how many of the characters you recognize, but yeah, I definitely don't recognize. Maybe half of them. Yeah, half of it would probably be even like on the upper end for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got like, especially the Namco side, like everything from Capcom I'm pretty familiar with. Um, and then like some of the, the Sega stuff, but the Namco stuff is what, what really loses me. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't have, um, well, maybe it's, maybe it's not as popular in the East. Um, I'm surprised they don't have more like Soul Calibur stuff because that seems like it would fit in really well with this game with, Giant swords oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, you already have all these, like, characters from all these other fighting games. Virtual Fighter and Street Fighter and... Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's not a very big Japanese, uh, series. I'm not sure. But, you know, the characters that you do have that are totally recognizable are really great. I mean, you've got, like, Frank West, West from, uh, Dead Rising. He's covered uh, wars, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, Jill and Chris from Resident Evil, um, fresh from Resident Evil Revelations, no yeah. less. Uh, in all their like, they will come back, right? They've disappeared for a while in my game. Yeah, they they come back late. Okay. Um, like, yeah, you'll you'll get them like at, about by about the twentieth chapter, you get you have every character. Oh, okay, I know um, X and Zero are in there. Yeah, they, they they're the last two you get. Oh, um, nice. And you, but you get them like yeah, like like chapter twenty. Um, but yeah, so so Chris and Jill are are pretty cool. Um, Ken and Ryu. Ken and Ryu, yeah, Chun Li. Um, Morgan. Another Darkstalkers. There's actually a lot of Darkstalkers characters in this game. Yeah, there are. Uh, I only recognize like three of them, because there have been many more entries in that series over there than here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge series out there. Um, Dante. Dante, yeah. Yeah, Devil May Cry. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Arthur from, from Super, uh, like Ghost and Goblins. That's right, yep. That's pretty cool. I like, that's a good touch. Those two dot, dot hack characters who I don't really know anything about, but I recognize. Did you ever, you never played any of those games? No, I've heard they're good though. I had a friend who got really into it. I, I think the big deal was that like your, your save data would carry over from game to game. Ooh. Uh, it was like, it was, yeah, they, when they started the series, it was, it was meant to be serialized. I mean, it was kind of like a precursor to like these sort of like episodes. Games will be, you know, released in now where you download each episode. That's cool. Um, yeah, and so each game was, was connected and, and your data was supposed to carry over. Um, but I don't know if the last one ever came out here even. Oh. It, the last one might have only been in Japan, but, but I'm not positive. But I know he was really into the first two. Nice. Um, Those are PS2 so, games, yeah. right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then just a host of, of other characters. But what I really appreciate about the characters I do recognize, and I'm sure if you're more familiar, the more familiar you are with the game, I'm sure that you appreciate the writing even more. But what's really great is just sort of the, like, I don't know how it, it jokes about each franchise. Yeah. Um, And it's really just to kind of poke fun at everything. I mean, like, you have Frank West, who every time you meet a new female character, he's, like, taking pictures of her. And right. you, get the, you get the, like, perfect erotica rating yeah. from Dead Rising, which is great. And he took three um, pictures of uh, Kaguyu. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is from Endless Frontier, a, a DS game. And she, I mean, all, all the female characters in this game pretty much have tits out. But like her, hers are like, like three times the size. Her of, and Morrigan, of, yeah. Yeah, of like the other female characters. And I love that the, the full cast is like always shocked to, to see her <laughs> and, and sort of remarks about it. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got like after banter dialogue where Chun Li's like saying maybe she should, um, Put on some more muscle, and, and Morgan's kind of saying like, "Well, if you do that, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna lose your uh, your form, your uh, yeah. your body shape, which is kind of a little, you know, funny little comment because I think we've all after what Street Fighter Four, there's a lot of uh, conversation about Chumley's like huge giant legs. <laughs> um, so I think that's like a little, poking a little bit of fun at that, and I mean that's just like present throughout the whole game. Yeah, there's um, a, the funniest thing for me was uh, when they came back from the God Eater world. Uh, that's another game that I think is only Japan. Yeah, I was unfamiliar with it. Uh, but um, when they come back from that world, somebody's like, oh, it's so nice to be in a world where there aren't giant holes in buildings anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of that, um, like a lot of sort of nods to, to past franchises. And and one nice touch, too, if you're unfamiliar with some of these, these characters and stuff, which you, you definitely will be unless you live in Japan, I feel like. Okay. Um, there's the, the Crosspedia, which is really a nice touch. I don't know how much you, you've read it. How do you it, access I, that? Um, 
from the like between battle screen where you can save and equip items and stuff, yeah. if you press X, it brings up like a second tier of options. Oh, and, and the crosspedia is there. I'll have to and look it, at that. It's this great like encyclopedia with every single not a, like hero and villain that you meet, as well as like I don't know like items and stuff that are really neither, but that that characters talk about and mention. And oh, so that's cool. By reading that, you can like learn all about the relationships between the characters you don't know. Um, and, and find out what games they're from and all that stuff. So it's, it's super helpful. Wow. Um, yeah, and I read it all the time. And it, it just keeps adding. Like, every time you meet a new character, there'll be a new entry in there. Um, and you can read uh, some background information. So That's it's pretty, pretty cool nice, since, yeah. since, like you say, most of these characters and places are going to be unfamiliar to a Western audience. Right, and not only are the characters unfamiliar, but they do sort of, like, reference the games they're from and, like, the worlds they're from and stuff. So it's easy to get kind of, like lost or at least just uninterested in what they're saying yeah. because you know it doesn't mean anything to you if you're not familiar with the franchise um now as great as the writing is i think the story is kind of awful <laughs> um, i don't i don't just, understand like, what's happening i'm just no, for the ride not at all i mean playing the game every chapter is basically like this so the characters arrive like in some new time or, or place they don't recognize uh eventually they, they figure out where they are Enemies pop up, and you have to go defeat the enemies. Halfway through defeating enemies, more enemies <laughs> show up, and then usually, like, a boss character or two. Um, you beat all that, and then it's like all the characters are, are talking, and they're like, well, should we jump into this next dimension? And then they do, and then the whole thing just, like, repeats. Yep. And you, you basically do that for 40 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that, that that's kind of unfortunate. Um, but it's not a huge deal, because the game, once you're in it, is actually so much fun to play. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, describe the, the, how you play it. Yeah, the combat system really surprised me, and, and I haven't played Endless Frontier, but it, since reviewing the game, um, I, and I reviewed it over at IGN, if you're looking for the review, um, since reviewing the game, like, I've had people tell me that the, the combat's pretty much entirely lifted from Endless Frontier, but um, you have this grid-based map system, not on like Fire Emblem or something like that, and you, you move your characters around, and when you initiate an attack, um, it, it sort of turns into this like light, fighting game, mm -hmm. uh, like, like kind of mini game where you're inputting, yeah, where yeah. you're inputting different button commands. So like you press A or you press forward and A, back and A, down A, up A. Yeah. Um, and that, they, you know, that's as complex as it gets, but and each why? of those. Why for your oh, yeah, special attack? Why for your special attack? Um, and then you're inputting attacks and if, if you like use a variety of them, if you use like one of each. So if you don't just keep pressing A, but you do A, up A, down A, whatever, you get, a, you get an extra bonus attack if you use all of them. I think you have to time it right so the enemy never lands. Well, there's that too. There's juggling, yeah. So you can, if you time him right, you'll keep juggling the enemy so he'll never get a chance to, like, reuse his shield or block mm, your attacks or that's anything. Right. And if you time it just right, you'll actually get critical hits, um, which will fill up your XP bar faster, yeah. um, which you use to do skills and then your your, uh, your super attack. But, like, it's just it's just fun. I mean, it's simple, but it's fun. And then the, the actual, like, fighting with the, the sprites, I mean, it's just, like, balls out crazy. Oh, yeah. It's, like, I mean, like mind-blowing how much is going on on screen. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, just particle effects everywhere, and, like, these sprites are just jumping all over the screen, like, just going crazy. And then once you factor in the fact that you can do um, solo attacks and then support attacks, which solo attacks are when you, you have a third-party member attached to, to a group of two characters, um, and then support attacks are when you're standing next to a, a group of characters, you call them in to actually help you, and it ends up looking kind of like some just a crazy like scene from like Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, and there's really no all... slowdown. That's amazing to me. No, yeah, it just keeps moving, and it just 
smoothly and it looks great. <clears throat> and um but yeah, it's just like the just chaos. I mean you can oh, have yeah. like up to five characters just going crazy on screen, just mutilating everything. And um yeah, but it, it's fun. It's simple, but it, it's really addictive and I I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, all the way through. I never really got tired of, of fighting. No. Uh, despite like the repetitious uh, chapters and and the lack of story for the most part. Yeah, I think it keeps me going. I mean, you're right. It is like incredibly repetitious, but the animation is so wonderful, and yeah, you kick so much ass that it's hard. You feel very empowered by the whole thing. I right. mean, even against bosses, bosses take like forever to kill. Uh, yeah, and when, they do. When they do their super attacks, they take off like two-thirds of a guy's health. Yeah. But you've got all these other characters ganging up on him, too, and it just feels really good. Right, and, and it's it's good because you have this game where you have all these, like, heroes from these other franchises who have already accomplished so much within their franchises. I mean, it would be dumb if you pulled them in and then just, like, stripped them down and you're, like, really starting, like, at level one and, and your characters are weak or something, yeah. you know? I mean, the fact that it just starts, falls out crazy, feels right. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's appropriate, and that's what you want to see. I mean, you don't want to be, like, grinding to get, like, Ryu to, I don't know, use the Hadouken or something. You know, <laughs> like, you just want to be able to do it from the start, and you can. Although it does help to grind. Like, in, in all these fights, there's always a lot more enemies than you have to kill. Right. But I kill them all. Or yeah, I kill as many too. as I can so I can level up my guys, and yep. that's yeah. just me. Me too. Plus, there's items on, on the map that you can go pick up mm-hmm. that will, like, give you little perks, like extra damage or defense and stuff. Which is another interesting thing too. I mean, this game like has stripped away all the the stuff you kind of associate with a tactical RPG. Like if you're thinking something of Final Fantasy Tactics or Fire Emblem, usually between like story battles, there's an overworld map. You can go to shops and buy supplies, and yep. you can go do random battles and stuff like that to to grind. But in this game, like it just moves from one chapter to the next. There's yep. no overworld map. There's no shops. It's just like one story battle to the other. I do um, kind of wish you could buy supplies somewhere. Yeah, because you, you run low quickly. <laughs> and you also can't pause. Can you pause? Because if you press start in the middle of a fight, you your turn ends. Um, and if you press start in the overworld, or on the map, it just tries to switch between multi-attack and solo attack. Right. I know if you press X, you can pull up a, a menu. Right. Um, and then you can actually quick save. Yes, um, yes, you can. And you could do that. But yeah, there's not necessarily like a, like a pause. I mean, I guess you just close the system. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that, that's, that's pretty much it. But yeah, so it, it's just kind of, it's a neat little game. Um, and it really surprised me. Like, it wasn't necessarily on my radar. Um, but I, I, I was surprised with how much I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't have given it a second thought if they hadn't released the demo. It was a really good demo. See, I was the other way. Like the demo didn't really resonate with me. I oh. think because I didn't, I didn't recognize a lot of the characters. Oh yeah, yeah. And like jumping into it, like I was kind of just like, there was already so much of the battle system like at your disposal. I like playing the actual game and how they sort of slowly give you like, I don't know, like teach you all the different things you can do. Yeah, like, they I got do. a lot more into it um, that way. So yeah, but I, I'm I'm totally in love with the game and um, and all the fan yeah. service is great. And I think yeah. we have different. We have different definitions of fan service. <laughs> Your definition of fan service is like subspace emissary where, oh, my God, Pikachu and Samus are fighting together. Holy crap. Yeah. And my definition of fan service is when, like, Morrigan activates her super attack and she's just jiggling from every angle. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot uh, of that in the game. The super, the super text especially, because the super text, while you have like this, the in-game sprites going crazy. Just going these, like, nuts. There'll be these high-res images that, that pop up on the screen too. Like character portraits, yeah. And they're, they're sort of like moving, it's not like fluid motion, but it's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's like when it, you do a super attack in Street Fighter or, or I don't know what else. Uh, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Three is the same way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We've got this like these really high res images that pop up, and in them, any any female character always is yeah, just like just just full out jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> like or like or if they're a character who doesn't have big boobs, then it's like an ass shot. Yeah, like, exactly. Always, it, it, one or the other. They find or a both. Way. Or both. If you get a character who has both, they find a but, way to make it a little perverted. But <laughs> it's true, and we were talking about it beforehand. But when I was reviewing the game, when I was playing it before it was out last week, like I just kept thinking, like Zach is gonna love this game. <laughs> I don't, I didn't, I know you don't usually play tactical RPGs. Like Never. I didn't know if you really knew anything about like the majority of the series this game folds from. But I was like, if Zach just saw this game, he would fall in love with it. Um, because there is a ton of that, and, and you we are talking correct. To, like, when when characters are talking, there's um images of them that will pop up on the screen, and there's like a few different ones. So there's you know like them just looking straight on. There's like a skeptical one, and then I I swear with the female characters, there's always one where they're like bending over, so they're like tits are just out, and then there's one where they're like back is to the screen for some reason. So then it's just yeah like another ass shot, giant ass shot, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the game is like ninety percent of that. <laughs> and meanwhile, all the guys, all the male characters have like two. They have like yeah. a stoic look and maybe a kind of amused look. Yeah, and, they're yeah. like laughing. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is the game is made for Zach Miller. It's it's really too much. Did you get the um, special edition by the way? No, cuz when they when I reviewed it they just sent me a download code. Oh, okay. It's pretty yeah. um pretty tame. It's like a soundtrack CD which I'll never re- listen to and a, a poster that's maybe the size of my computer screen okay and uh and a, an art book which is just it's just the character portraits nothing else mm. so that was kind of disappointing but it doesn't cost yeah. any more than the normal version is there are there two versions and i was at target the other day I, I was looking for the game and all they had was the special edition yeah i think it's yeah i think it's like an atlas game that way like they don't yeah. produce any other kind that's what I thought. This will be the first run, and when it's gone, it's gone probably. Yeah. So you should go out and get it. Although you can get it on the eShop now. You can download it. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, it might not be bad to buy it that way though, because I'm sure this shit will be worth a lot. Download. Oh yeah. I, I guarantee it's gonna be a limited run type of game. Well, so. after we talked on Twitter, I looked up uh, um, Endless Frontier, which is a DS game, which is the only other game like this to be released here. And it's $168 on Amazon. <laughs> I don't even think it's new. No, I'm sure it's used, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty well. Those are some Shantae the... numbers there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that about does it. Um, Quick, who's even... your favorite character combo? Oh, gosh. Let me think. Well, I really like... For some reason, I, I really like um, Chun-Li and, and Morgan. Yeah. They make um, a good team. Yeah, I I love Frank West. I, I'm not super familiar with his partner, who's from um, Darkstalkers. I don't Dark even know Stalkers. how to say her name. Yeah, I don't know either. It's crazy Japanese. <laughs> um, but I love Frank West. Like his attacks are just funny. I mean, it's all stuff from Dead Rising. You know, he's like throwing 
like shit from the mall <laughs> at, at characters and stuff, and he he jokes about like making like getting Jews after the battle to right. heal and like just stuff like that. I mean, he's just really funny. Um, and then I, I like Mega Man and Zero. Oh, I haven't gotten um, them yet. Yeah, well, X and Zero, I guess right. I should say. No. Um, and then Jill and and Chris. I mean, just it's just the ones I'm most familiar with. Yeah. Um, I find. What about what about you? Um, I was going to say Chun-Li and Morgan, too. They're such an yeah. odd pairing, um, but they're they're very funny together. They are, They yeah. have good uh, banter, and their attacks just kind of gel really well. Yeah, well, because Chun-Li's so, like, serious and, like, you know, all about the mission, and then, like, Morgan right. kind of doesn't really give a fuck. Like, she's just kind of having fun. <laughs> yeah, and so exactly. it's funny the way they, they play off of each other. Yeah. And they have a I love their super attack where where Morgan, like, catapults the bad guy way up into the air with some energy blast and then you know 200 feet in the air chun li like <laughs> jumps in with his mega kick yeah. and kicks the dude in the face and yeah it's so ridiculous yeah the special attacks are really amazing if, even if you're not going to buy this game i would recommend just like going to youtube and watching the special attacks oh, just yeah. to kind of get an idea of like what what we're talking about here but they're they're just crazy the whole game's crazy yeah it really is <laughs> yeah um but yeah like i think that'll do it um even if you're not totally familiar with with a lot of the franchises, you know, if you even if you just know the the big ones like Resident Evil and Street Fighter, I think it's worth worth playing. Me too. Um, if if you're a fan of like tactical RPGs and you don't mind, I mean, just like anime hijinks, because I mean that's really what it is. If you're not familiar with the characters, I mean, oh, it's yeah. just anime tropes. I mean, with the the female characters like we're talking about, who's just kind of strutting around, and then just just some of the the humor and stuff. It's very anime inspired but um and it's not it's not a i wouldn't call i wouldn't be playing it if it were some deep yeah you know real tactical rpg like i don't know name one that's really the opposite end of this i don't know like valkyria or something valkyria chronicles yeah yeah, even like the older fire emblem games yeah exactly i wouldn't be playing it if if it were anything like this but this is like the world's lightest tactical rpg yeah, it's not overly difficult, and and the, like the battle system's just fun. And yep. It's easy to get into, and you know it's so streamlined with all the the extra stuff removed, like the overworld maps and random battles and shops and stuff. I mean, it's just like straight action. Yep. Um, and it's fun. It is. It, it really, really is. works. Love um, it. So I I do. I recommend it. Me too. So, awesome. All right. Well, that will do it. So Zach, thanks for being here. Of course. Talking about some Project X Zone, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. I'm going to go play some right now. I think I will too. Yeah. segment here on connectivity where i'm going to talk about shin megami tensei 4 with our reviewer justin baker hello 
And I'm Neil Ronahan, and I'm also playing this game, which, at least thus far, um, I'm probably about a third of the way into, or a, I've played a third of the amount that Justin has played, because uh, I'm, I'm about seven hours in, and you're low 20s, right? Yeah, low 20s. I'm not sure quite how long it is. Hopefully, it's not in the Persona 3 kind of range, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. Um. But yeah, so we're, we're a good chunk into the game, and we will have the review up next week, but we figured we'd give you a little tease of talking about the game as where we are now, and chatting about the early parts of the game. Um, so I guess, Justin, uh, what were your, like, I guess what kind of background do you have with the Mega Ten series? Well, um, I have a confession. This is the first Mega Ten game I've really dug into. And Mega Ten's always been one of those franchises that I'll play a little bit of a game at a friend's house, or I'll rent a game, and I've always wanted to be able to sink my teeth into it, but I've just never really had a great opportunity to. Um, I like, I just got done watching my girlfriend play all of Persona 4, you know. <laughs> and so I've, I've been chomping at the bit for a great opportunity to just get into it. And, uh, this is my first, like, real foray, you know, in depth into playing one of the games, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah, um, I mean, as far as on my end, uh, I've played Persona 3, uh, the Fez edition, back on <laughs> PS2, um, and that's kind of it. Like, I've dabbled a little bit, well, I, uh, and I dabbled a little bit basically until this year, where I kind of, like, had some sort of love affair with Atlas, because I, I love the crap out of Veteran Odyssey 4, which mm -hmm. isn't related to Megaton, but it's still an Atlas RPG. And then I played Soul Hackers, the, which is a Saturn game that got remade for 3DS, which was okay, but, like, horrendously dated, because yeah. it's a game that came out on the Saturn, like, 15 years ago. And then I started playing this game, and it's just kind of like, yeah, these all, all those concepts that always seemed interesting in the Mega Ten games, and it's just a lot more modern, and it's a lot more friendly, like, a lot more of the game is kind of... Like, I guess more explanations are packed into it, but the explanations aren't being forced on you. You right. can choose to look at them if you want to. A, a big thing for me is games that respect my time, and, and Mega Ten 4 really does respect your time. I mean, everything's yeah. quick and snappy. You can save wherever you want. You can get in. I mean, it's a huge game, but you can still get in there and play for 10, 15 minutes, feel like you got something done, save and quit. Yep. Definitely. I mean, I, I've been binging a little more on it, so I haven't really experienced <laughs> that as much. But I see the possibilities there. I mean, mainly because you can save anywhere, which is integral for a portable game, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, and, and then just also how they have the explanations for everything. Like, the Demon Fusion, if you're not familiar with these series, it's a huge part of all these games where you usually have a main character that is like your avatar, and you build him up and get new abilities and stuff. And then in most of these games, you also have this, like, cast of demons that you accrue by playing the game. Like, you'll be in a battle, and then you'll have the option to talk to a demon, and then you have to try to convince them by either, you know, saying the right thing to a question or mm -hmm. giving them uh, maka, which is the money in this, this world. Um, so that way then they join you, and then you can use them as a fighter and level them up. And then when you get more demons... You can fuse two or more demons together to make a better demon, usually. Right. Um, so, I mean, essentially, um, a lot like, uh, what was that game on the PS1? Monster Rancher? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Jade Cocoon. Yeah. So, like, it's it also feels, the whole thing, like, feels like a really adult Pokemon game. 
in a yeah. way, you know. Um, I was kind of worried about the conversation mechanic because I was thinking, well, how in-depth is this going to be? I mean, is this just going to feel like I have to answer arbitrary questions? And, and they've really done a, an excellent job of making it. So I feel like the demons have personality. Yeah. So, I mean, you essentially are just answering a list of arbitrary questions to see which ones you get right. And, but and, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, the, it's written well, and you really feel like you're, you know, conversing with this demon that has its own little personality, in a way. I think my, my favorites so far have been when it'll be like, it, the demon will ask you, like, who's stronger, demons or humans? And it'll just be, like, three options that yeah. all say demons. <laughs> Or there was another one that I got. Um, I'm trying to think of what it was. It was it was more recently. I got one where they 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 told me to kneel or or something like that, and my only options were submit all three of them. You know, <laughs> and of course they they rag on you for submitting or, or saying demons are stronger yeah. or whatever, but it's your only option. <laughs> yeah, and, but there was one where it was like, uh, you know, the demon asked me like, "What's the meaning of life?" And I answered the response that was, "I'll tell you it." And then the demon was just like, are you like the leader of a religious cult or something? Like, oh man, I gotta check this out. What religion are you from? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I also like that they made it static. And I think there's definitely some temptation to kind of make every demon sort of random. But if you know how a specific yeah. demon reacts, like I've learned which demons don't like me to be completely open and just say yes and give them everything they want. I mean, there's yeah. certain demons that you learn over time, like these guys. You need to refuse them certain things or they'll think you're weak. And, and they, they just sort of develop as you go through the game. And it's really exciting to be like, oh, I know how this guy thinks. And he'll ask me a question that I haven't answered before, but I know what he wants me to say. And I, um, I was actually reading some interviews with the, you know, the Japanese development team behind this game back when it came out in Japan. Um, and they were talking about how the one thing that they want to emphasize people to do is to make sure they always use demon fusion because that's kind of the way to get better demons as yeah. opposed to just like picking one that you like and sticking with them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I found that really rewarding in doing it because you go into the sub menu where you do all the demon fusion and you have recommended ones. You can search for specific like demons. You can mm -hmm. see how to make different demons and then look for, you know, either like, because uh, once you once you have a demon join your team, then you can also like pay money to get that demon back. Right, like, you can just summon them straight point. straight yeah. from the compendium. Um, and they just have all these different options for it, and all these different ways to kind of see like, okay, what demon do I want? What skill do I want? They have like it's a very robust search filter in the demon compendium in this game, and then a bunch of like FAQs about like, okay, what what should I be doing with demon fusion? Mm -hmm. And it's just nice because that's all built in the game, whereas my past experience with Mega Ten games was kind of like, well, I guess I'll see what happens when I fuse the... Oh, he sucks. Why'd I do this? <laughs> I feel the same way. I'm I'm one of the people that I, I sort of get attached to a party, and yeah. I'll realize I've played four hours and not fused a single demon. <laughs> and I keep, I keep just like, I get them, and then I have to get new ones, so I fuse just enough to keep an empty slot, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give in and be like, alright, I gotta fuse something, and I'll fuse everything I can, and come out with a much better yep. party by the end of it. You know, yeah. so it's it's it definitely like you said, you have to be fusing all the time. Don't get attached to them. You can summon them again later. Just yeah. keep on fusing all the time. Um. So what else about this game? There's uh, I really like the combat system because it yes. does that nice thing that I've seen. Well, actually, in Odyssey Four did it, and 
There's even something that's like an Earthbound, too, where it's like when you're with a low-level enemy, okay, it's not like Earthbound where you can just skip over it, but like uh, there's uh, an area that you go to early on called like the Naraku or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically this thing that you go down different layers of it, and not until later in the game can you kind of skip over it. So you'll like be going to the fourth level, and you'll have to go through one, two, three, and four, or one, two, and three before then, and it's low-level enemies, it's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. But you can just go into the battle and tap R, and then it'll auto battle, and then just go through it really, really quickly. Which isn't it's. I always like those features because it doesn't waste my time. Definitely, with, you know, going through bullshit random battles. What I really like about the auto battle is it's so quick to jump in and out of it. So if I'm, you know, if I know, like, all right, I need to, this specific demon in this battle is a little too strong, so I'm gonna fight him normally, and then halfway through. Tap the R yep. button and just let them finish up. That's yeah. so nice. It's so nice. I mean, I'm I'm definitely shocked. I mean, genuinely shocked at the amount of content they've packed into this game. Yeah, because then you have... I mean, you have a story that seems, as, as far as from talking to you, it just keeps on going and going. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have a lot of side missions to go to as well. They even mm-hmm. have DLC, which I've heard people complain about a lot. But for me, at least looking what's going to be available at launch, which we still don't have access to that, we we might be able to check it out and and let you guys know what it's all about before the game comes out on July 16th. But who knows? Um, But, I mean, it's got stuff where they have, like, free different hairstyles for your protagonists. Right. It's uh, From what I saw, was I think there was an armor set and some other basic cosmetic things. Yeah. But really, I mean... There's there's more challenge quests than I think I could complete in yeah. a reasonable amount of time at all. And I think some of the later DLCs are challenge quests that add to it. Right. I um, mean, the main story and a few side quests here and there have been more than enough to, to fill my time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're in the low 20s right now, and it doesn't look like you're you're finished yet. No, and I'm, I'm about seven seven plus hours, and it's it's wonderful. It's a very, very delightful game. Right. I mean, what what I really enjoy, uh, specifically talking about the combat system, is that as you, like, it, it doesn't get monotonous. I mean, very rarely am I like, oh, gosh, another random battle. Okay, let's get through this as quick as possible, because they're all so different. I mean, between talking to demons, fighting demons, and then sometimes whenever you kill a demon, they'll engage you in a conversation yeah. and be like, oh, no, 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 don't kill me. I'll join you or give you money or an item. I mean, it keeps the battles varied enough that really no two play out the same. So it keeps it from that that sort of monotony that that turn-based RPGs fall into, which is, okay, i got to run across the map and go through 50 random battles that are going to be really boring and low-level. Indeed. So, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's, that's, I was, I was, because normally in RPGs, I really get burned out on the random battle thing. You know, when you're like, all right, here's a hundred more random battles in a row, and then I get to progress the story. You know, I find myself, very rarely am I actually running from the, you know, because you, you get the on-screen representations yeah. of the monsters that you can sort of Dragon Quest on the DS, the DS remake style, where you can kind of run from them. I mean, very rarely am I, I trying to avoid any of them or flee from them or anything like that. Yeah, because so it's not like it's the case where, you know, a random battle is going to kill you, usually. And right. it's also that it's not like they're going to be this huge time-consuming affair. It feels really well-tuned for how the kind of, you know, the... I mean, they're not even really random battles because you do the on-screen representation. Right. But that sort of thing. Very rarely do you feel like, oh, there's way too many of this. Like, because you can either avoid it, you can run past it if you want to, or they're just not that often enough that it becomes a pain in the ass. Right. And it's it's... 
I don't know. It's 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 really great. I mean, there's usually even when you're going through low level areas, you'll you'll very often run into a demon that you needed for a fusion that you didn't want to spend the maca on, or something yeah. you just never got the first time through because it was too high level. Um, you know, I do want to ask you about the difficulty because the Megaton games are notoriously difficult. You know, Persona's kind yeah. of the the more accessible series. Are you still playing it on normal difficulty? No, I am not. I, I pissed out pretty early on. <laughs> I did almost immediately. I, I mean, I got a little ways into Naraku, and I was like, well, yeah. this I think is... It was, I think it was when I first went to the third level mm-hmm. that, that I turned on, on the easy mode for good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've been on easy for the, the bulk of my play experience, and it's it from from what I can tell, it made it a much more enjoyable experience for me personally. Yeah. But I'm not really into hugely difficult games. Like, I'm not... Neither am I. I'm just looking to play something and have a good time. I don't need that. Like, if I've got spreadsheets in front of me and I'm <laughs> saving and loading every Basically, 10 minutes... It's... <laughs> you're not going to be playing EVE Online anytime soon. Right. Exactly. Exactly that. So it's it's uh, it's interesting to me. Have they included an easy mode in previous Mega 10 games? Or do I... we... I, don't I feel know. like I know they that Etrian Odyssey Four had an easier. Well, I think they called it like casual mode, and basically right. the one difference, and this is one thing that I think is kind of funny because it seems that like most Atlas games are just hard as balls. Mm-hmm. So the easy mode is even still pretty challenging. Yeah, no, I've <laughs> definitely in Etrian Odyssey Four. Um, that's a game where like if you if you if your party falls, then like you revert to your last save and lose all of your progress. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the easy mode, basically, if your party falls, and it's like you just go back to town and lose some money, and yeah. like I'm like that's like every every other game ever, <laughs> right? Except no, for it's hard ass game. I also thought it was interesting how they use um, play coins in the game. You can I mean, use. I don't even think I've run into using play coins in the game yet. Well, when you die, you're given the option of you can pay X amount of maca to resurrect, or you can pay it in play coins. Oh, or I didn't you can just that. yeah, or you can just decline and say no and just load from wherever you were. But yeah. it's, it, I'm not sure how they pick the amount because I mean, one time I went to resurrect and he goes, all right, that'll be nine play coins. I'm like nine, <laughs> no, 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 oddly specific. But in another time, it was I think two. So it's I'm yeah. not quite sure how they they set those requirements, or maybe it's how long it's been since you've died, or I have no it's, idea. It's probably really. the people in the underworld are just like, man, I really need to get that other Nintendo <laughs> yeah. item in my Animal Crossing store. So. Yeah, guys, we need to get our fortune cookies. We yeah. need some play coins. I need at least four. That's that's <laughs> my bare minimum. More than that would be good because then you know if you don't die tomorrow, then I'll be good for tomorrow too. Right. But I thought that was cool. I mean, that's that's. I don't know. It was just an interesting thing for me. It's something that you don't... It's not your hard-earned in-game currency. Yeah. I mean, if you're someone like me, like, I think I have... Until Animal Crossing, I had 290-something play coins. Now, post-Animal Crossing, it's dwindling. Yeah. But well, I, see, you know. see, I benefit from... I bring my 3DS with me to work, and I have to park in, like, the ass-backward of nowhere. <laughs> so I'll have it in my bag, and I'll use my play coins in Animal Crossing or whatever, and I'll be at 300 by the end of the day, usually. Yeah, my girlfriend leaves her 3DS at home all the time, and I always come in the living room, and she's shaking it, trying to get play coins <laughs> for her fortune cookie. I just, I'm the same way. I take it everywhere with me, so I've always yeah. got maxed-out steps every day. And have you dabbled with the street pass at all? I mean, not that we're going to be street passing anybody right. with it if if we ever do anyway. Yeah. Even I mean, even then, I'm in the southwest, so I don't, yeah. <laughs> there's probably not another Megaton player for a thousand miles. For, for me, you'll just see me like running on the streets of New York, being like Megaton, my <laughs> demon's got to see what you're doing. He um, needs to grow a level. 
I've messed with it. As far as I can tell, you you can uh, it's it has a little player card with some stats on it. Yeah, and, uh, it shows like your level, how far, yeah. how, like how many hours you've played. And you can attach a demon to it, and then whenever you street pass someone, they'll get that demon. And then your, I think your demon will level up as well. Yeah. So, I, of course, I haven't done anything with it. I'm hoping, you know, I am in college, so hopefully there's a bunch of geeks out on campus yeah. whenever school starts back up, and I can go get some uh, street passes. But it, it looks fun. I mean, if you're in a populated enough area, or potentially yeah. a college student, or potentially someone that, you know, lives in Japan and gets street passes yeah. all the time. Then... I bet you this is really fun in Japan. To yeah, get the it's probably great there. <laughs> Um, I remember uh, when we were at E3, the uh, uh, Kim Keller who reviewed uh, Soul Hackers for us, where that also has a street pass thing, where it's kind of like you have a specific demon that when you street pass people, it, like builds mm-hmm. up and evolves and stuff. And she like like peed herself when she found out that she actually <laughs> got a street pass for it at E3. Of course, the one, the one yeah. other Soul Hackers player. Yep. What the only thing I don't really like about the street pass is that you sort of have to dedicate a demon to yep. it. Because if you have a demon registered in your street pass, then you can't have it in your party. And obviously, it's probably not going to be your best demon because you can't have it in your party. So usually, it's a throwaway demon that you keep around just for your street pass. And because of that, I mean, again, neither me nor you is going to street pass anyone anytime (laughs) soon. So I ended up just being like, well, I need that slot in my demon reserve. I I feel like they should have made it to where it comes out of your inventory and is put separately. But yeah. Regardless, yeah, I, def- I definitely agree because it is. I feel like there's such a limit to how the street passing will even work because you're going to have people not putting their best out there because you lose access to them in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, if if again, if you're in an area where you street pass regularly, it would be cool to hey, every day you street pass a couple of other demons and you're working on this is your street pass demon. But if you're not in that area, you're probably just not ever going to have a demon attached to it. So even when you do street pass someone, you're not going to get anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, or at least I wish there was maybe like an easier way to do it, at least because in order to like um, you know access Street Pass and put your demon into it, you need to like you know open up the menu, go to a sub menu, and then go to another menu, yeah. and then it's add a in your tedious. demon. Because if they made it, maybe it was like, okay, I'm probably not going to play the game for a couple days. I'll put this demon as my Street Pass demon and have it like when you load into the game, it's just like, oh, do you want to bring this guy back into your party? And then when you save the game, well, I mean, it's in the save menu where the street pass menu is, so right. that that would have been nicer, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, something something simpler where you could just kind of check them off or not, you know, would have been much better. But you know, what are you gonna do? I guess move to Japan and then yeah. street pass everyone there. Well, I'll uh, well, we'll wrap up this this debut segment of Shin Megami, Shin Megami Tensei Four. And uh, I'm going to make my bold statement that playing this game kind of reminds me of how Xenoblade was for Japanese RPGs. Um, you know, but, I, I thought I was had some Xenoblade in my head while I was playing it as well. I mean, for me, it's not so much that, like, oh, like, it doesn't necessarily play like Xenoblade, but it's just the kind of thing where it's, like, this this style of game that I've played a lot before, and then this is something that isn't really wholly different, but it just does it like smartly and so well right that it's kind of you know it's it's worth worth propping up there and being like hey do you like rpgs you should play this game yeah definitely like the best aspects of ps2 era jrpgs but streamlined so they're not so frustrating yeah i mean it's it's like the if, if you've always been put off by atlas games because of their 
frustrating difficulty at times and sometimes their brutality, then Mega Ten Four might be the one to play. Yeah, I mean, like Xenoblade, I I think whenever it came out, I called it um, the best PS2 JRPG that I never got a chance to play, <laughs> and I think I think I would group Mega Ten Four in that that same category. Yeah. yeah. Um. And uh, if you have any questions about the game, we're going to be doing another segment next week. So either drop a line in the comments and um, on the on the website, or you can hit me up on Twitter at at Enron Ten. Um, you can also bother Justin if you want to at what is it at D Frustrations. D Frustrations. That's it. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, um, I'm really ex- excited to play more of this game. That's probably what I'll do after we're done this podcast. Yeah. The second I stop this, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, I already <laughs> did my Animal Crossing for the day, so now it's Mega Ten time. There you go. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. All right. And that will do it for episode 92 of Connectivity. As always, you can send us your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. If you get a chance to rate and review us on iTunes, that'd be great. And uh, you should follow all of us on Twitter. Go to nintendoworldreport.com, look for the Twitter sidebar on the right-hand side of the page, and you'll find all of our usernames there. We'll see you next week.